This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Come for the craft beer, bourbon, whiskey, and great drinks. Stay for the conversations. Here's your host, Jonathan Green. Welcome into another edition of the Bar Conversations. It's another fun one. We go with tasting notes and uh, on the uh, interesting side of synthetic corks and things like that as we talk with Chad Watson, our whiskey guru on tasting notes. Then as we go to the Bar Conversations, we talk with Joey Greer as he's hitting the links on the golf course. Um, we'll see if he's uh, doing it well or not so well, but I know what he is doing well, and that's putting out some new music since we chatted. He dropped a new single, Good Years. It's a fun conversation. He's a blast, and Chad is a blast as well as we learned it, like I said, about corks, whether we're going synthetic, the old school cork, or just something else all crazy that is. It's a fun show. Uh, let's not waste any more time and get to it. It's almost time. Where did I where, where did I put those? Here they are. <laughs> it's time for tasting notes. Welcome into another tasting notes, and because I'm just tired of saying this over and over again, we were joined again by my whiskey guy, Chad Watson, aka my daily bourbon. Chad, welcome in. Hey, I appreciate you having me, Jonathan. Thank you so much. <laughs> I had to kind of mix it up and just see if I could throw you off. You've got a long title. You do a lot of different things. You're part of the Bourbon Life crew. You also do some writing as well. You need to check him out on Instagram because you got a lot of fun things up there as well. But <laughs> but I had, I had to have a little fun with you. And, and, and in between you know recordings here, we were talking about something, and it kind of drove me crazy, and, it, and I'm glad it made, made me feel not like an idiot, but we're talking about corks, <laughs> and, and uh, should people care about the cork that is in their bottle, and what do you think of some of the different varieties? So first off, should people care? Um, I don't think so. It really doesn't bother me what type of cork it is, except for one type of cork, which we, which we will discuss here in a minute. Uh, I mean, you've got your standard, you've got your standard natural corks, which is here, which of course comes from a cork tree. Um, you know, I mean, you can see the pores in it. It breathes. You can't let the alcohol sit and touch it over time. If you leave a bottle sitting sideways, cause it'll eat the cork away and have cork rot, yada, yada. Um, then you have synthetic cork, which is made of a synthetic uh, type material that um, is kind of almost a rubber that blocks and seals it. Uh, some people try and say that they can taste the difference between synthetic and actual. Uh, I, I can't. If they can, hell yeah. Um, but honestly, I feel like it'd probably be better to just all to move to synthetic. Um because I, I don't know how hard it is to grow a cork tree. I mean, I'm sure it's not cheap, but I know a lot of corks can come from a cork tree at one at one time of harvesting. Um, but I also don't know the impact of the synthetic cork. So, I mean, it's a, are you robbing Peter to pay Paul type of deal? Um, but I, I, I wouldn't be worried if you get a bottle that used to be a natural cork and is now synthetic or vice versa. But that's just my personal take on it. Well, and I was going to say, I mean, at, at the end of the day, is there really a difference uh, per se on maybe what might happen to the bourbon outside of maybe you might taste it? Um, I mean, unless the cork like falls into the bourbon, probably are not going to taste it. I mean, with a natural cork, it is porous, so air will seep in through that seal. Uh, I mean, of course, with every bottle you have, there's that little gap right there. It doesn't perfectly suction. Uh, with synthetic corks though, you can almost guarantee a better seal on it. And that's probably the biggest difference that I could say. So if you want something to set for a longer period of time or you open a bottle and want to reseal it without air leaching in, 
put a synthetic cork in there. Uh, it wouldn't hurt to have a few around, and you can order some on Amazon for I think five bucks for two hundred. Just just, <laughs> just just a, a couple just, there. I don't know if that's if that's true or not, but I've seen them on there, and it's not it's not expensive. <laughs> well, and and I was going to say, how important is it too to also just keep a few corks around? Um, and different maybe shapes and sizes because as we all know not every bottle is exactly the same um, to, to have a few extra around because corks as you can imagine things can happen to them oh yeah I mean it's extremely important for uh, I even keep some <coughs> excuse me I even keep some of the uh, wine corks around because uh, sometimes you have bourbon bottles that like you said they're, they're all different shapes and sizes none of them are made the same um what fits in uh, the, a rare breed bottle may not fit in a Buffalo Trace bottle. Um, but if you've got some old used wine corks, um, rinse them off with water, let them dry. You can usually squeeze those back in there. Um, now, they're, they're not a long-term solution, but it'll get you, it'll get you through until the bottle's gone. Um, which, for the, for the most part, that's really all you need. And now, the, the, the moment of truth. What is the one cork that you, you and I both dislike and, and weren't sure if we were doing something wrong with a bottle. <laughs> uh, that would be glass corks, Jonathan. Glass corks. I'm not going to show <laughs> off whose who's it is, but if you're watching, this thing drove me nuts because I couldn't get it. I'm, I'm not going to say it because you could take it a whole lot of different wrong ways, but this thing, I thought <laughs> I was going to break a bottle, and I was not, not very very happy with it, and I felt it's like a safety hazard. The the day. <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, I mean, why? It's it's so weird too to see someone kind of almost put out a glass cork, especially nowadays. As we talked on our last tasting notes, there's a shortage. So uh, yeah, you're kind of it's kind of weird. It, it, I mean, it is, and it could be minuscule. Uh, it could be something that's already so. There's already so many made. Maybe that really doesn't matter. I mean, because 20 years ago, there could have been a. Ro uh, Usually you see a lot, I see a lot of glass corks in rosé wine. So it could have been someone who's just that manufacturer who's like, hell yeah, this person's going to buy 5 million corks from me and they only buy 1 million. So then they got to sell off that other four or something. Could be that. But uh, if they're buying new cork or new glass corks uh, every quarter or pre-planning for every fiscal year, that's stupid. There's a glass shortage right now. They suck. Um, they're dangerous. It's a safety hazard. And uh, just, just. Go with synthetic or natural cork. Make it easy. Make it easy on the consumer. I was going to say, for me, I thought I was going to either punch somebody or spill <laughs> it all over myself because you're, you're trying so hard. For you, you ended up using a knife to get, get get your bottle open, correct? Yeah, I used a butter knife. And then like the knife was bending as I was trying to open it because it was so suctioned in there. And then when I finally got it, it went and just, you know, oh, I mean, it didn't fly far. It hit the cabinet. But still, <laughs> I mean, it could have it could have been someone's eye. So, so at the end of the day, avoid glass corks, and then with with the others, I guess at the end of the day, it's a personal preference on anything but glass. Correct? Yeah, correct. I I, I like that, and I think we <laughs> may have solved a debate, or at least started one on glass glass corks versus synthetic. And uh, oh, I hope and, we started one. <laughs> so, Chad, <laughs> I appreciate it as always, and this is a blast. And and thanks for coming on. Hey, appreciate you having me, man. Love it. Thank you so much. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at HopSpirits.com. Joining us here on the Bar Conversations is country musician Joey Greer. He's live on the golf course as we're doing this. Joey, what's up? Oh, not much, man. Uh, just trying to find my golf balls actually uh after drinking some of these miller lights 
<laughs> I was going to ask you what you're drinking, but I think you answered that already. I, I, went, <laughs> I, I decided to go a little stronger, a little little whiskey, a little, little uh, Dickel bottled in Bond, a little blue label. Figured I'd uh, come on. I like that Dickel, brother. That Dickel's I know. good stuff. It's it's the the uh, bottled and blonde bond from Spring '07. I, I really love the blue label, so I can't can't uh, can't uh, say anything bad about it. Now, I'm guessing your golf game though. If you're looking for golf balls, you could probably say maybe a bad thing or two about it today. Man, honestly, if it wasn't for me, I think this team would be sinking. <laughs> I said that loud enough they can hear me. No, honestly, I'm ter- I'm playing terrible today. So uh, yeah, the golf game is not doing well. Uh, that's why I'm going to do this with you right now and let them finish out the round. We've got one hole left, but yeah, man, it's not going great. Not going great at all. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes that happens. I, I was going to say, so, I mean, is that something you do just to have a little fun as it hit the golf course? What, what are some of those things you, you do for fun? So, uh, golfing, definitely. Um, I, I like to actually draw and paint in my free time. <laughs> Uh, and when I, most of the time though, I like to be outside. So I'm either golfing or doing something outside, fishing, hunting, um, anything along those lines is pretty much what I do anytime I have free time, which here lately hasn't been much. I've been on the road for <laughs> seven weeks now. So it's been, a, it's been a lot. Now I got to ask it, how, how good is your golf game? Okay. So I'm about a 20 handicap. Oh. Uh, yeah, my, my best game is an 84, uh, and that's not cheating, because uh, I like to kick it out. I like to use my foot wedge every now and then. Hey, that that uh, is a, a well-earned club. When I taught my wife that the first time she played, she was like, wait, you can do that? And I go, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it as long as you want, yeah. So uh, basically, uh, the foot wedge is my best club. And y'all, I ain't going to hit nothing. Y'all go ahead. Uh, y'all need it? Okay. Well, I'm going to hit for him real quick. Uh, but, yeah, so my foot wedge is definitely my best club in my bag. And uh, I wish it wasn't, but it's where we ended up. Can you turn you know, that music down for me? You know, it happens. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, happy when I get out on a golf course these days. I think I've only gotten out once this year, although it went well. I will say it we went well one, for We me. just have one lip out. I'm sorry. Let me walk away real quick. <laughs> so they need you to make a putt? Is that what we're here? Is this well, actually, for, for what the I'm going to do, they're, they're, they're just going to have to figure it out from now. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, brother, uh, I wish I could play a lot better than I do, but that's pretty much what I do for fun is hang out on the golf course, hang out on the lake, hang out on the duck blind. You know how it goes. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it looked like you, you enjoy enjoy the outdoors. I, I'm, is, I mean – do you get downtime enough anymore? I mean, you said you're on tour for a while, but I mean, I'm guessing there has to be some downtime where you get to go hunting or fishing or, or just maybe enjoy a, a relaxing day. Yeah, man. The, the, honestly, the, uh, the downtime hasn't been there lately. Uh, so I haven't got to do the things that I normally like to do and have fun with, but, um, normally I have time to do whatever I want, but I guess, uh, that means that things are happening the way they're supposed to happen and I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. But yeah, I don't, I don't really have time right now other than like during the week, but most of the time during the week, all of my friends are at work and, uh, I don't really have anybody to go do anything with. So I just kind of write songs and paint pictures and do stuff like that in my apartment, which kind of gets old. So, I mean, 
yeah, there's not a whole lot of time for extra extracurriculars that aren't uh, <laughs> alone. Yeah. I understand. Hey, you can go golfing though. You can just join up with a random <laughs> group and, and have a little fun. <laughs> so the the problem with that is I'm learning some things about me here lately that I don't like talking to people when I'm not entertaining them, ah. which is weird, right? That's that's weird. But artists are weird, bro. Like, uh, I'm learning a lot about me as an artist and as a person uh, as I go through life and. That's one thing that's really been shocking to me is like, dude, you, I, I really don't like to uh, go out of my shell with people a lot of times. So it's, it's, it's kind of a different thing, but I mean, it's cool to, it's cool to learn things about yourself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was going to say you, you talk about being on tour and I got to ask, so you have an old school bus as kind of your, your, your tour bus, what gets you around and you call it Miss Frizzle. What's that like and why? I mean, I kind of know why, but why? <laughs> so, um, it's kind of the coolest thing I've ever got to do. Um, it's the smartest, most most functional financial move I've ever made. And uh, I call it Miss Frizzle because I grew up on this thing called the Magic School Bus. And uh, the Magic School Bus is a uh, old cartoon that basically was a magic school bus and they they went on all these adventures and everything and and so when i got this this sped bus which is a short bus i i had no choice but to name it miss frizzle and it kind of turned into like a really marketable thing and it's perfect for me and who i am because like i don't know there's there's a like a there's a marketability to a short bus and there's a um there's a personality to a short bus that makes it like lighthearted and fun and people enjoy it. And like when I got it, I was going, man, uh, this is just kind of an in-between thing. Like I'm waiting on my next vehicle and uh, it ended up being something like super sustainable, super functional. And uh, it gets us from point A to point B, but it's also kind of cool, man. It's it's cool. It's like with the camaraderie of it, like getting to be with the band on runs and and uh, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot to it that I never imagined. Like a short bus would it would be able to do for us. But it's cool, man. It's cool. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm sure your adventures are slightly different than the Magic School Bus <laughs> on, <laughs> on TV. <laughs> slightly different is is a is a, a little bit of a. a What's the word of? I feel like that's not the right word for it, but yeah, slightly different is it does fit. Now, now, did you kind of keep the interior the same, or did you kind of make it a little nicer? What did you do any extra work to it? So right now, the only extra work we've done is take out some seats in the back so we don't have to pull a trailer. Um, and I've tinted the windows to where they're limo tinted so people can't see inside. And uh, other than that, like I just kind of leave it school bus i mean like i I was gonna i was gonna put some couches and stuff in there but it kind of doesn't really have any uh it doesn't really matter right now because in the next step of my career it's like well i won't need a souped out school bus so i'm going uh i'm just gonna leave it the same save some money and uh i mean it just works out like that but on top of that uh it's kind of cool to be rolling around in a school bus. It, it, it's even cool for the band too. Like that everybody gets the, um, that old vibe and, uh, 
it's it's fun to like think about it's fun to be in that that predicament and um yeah i don't know we, we we're probably not going to do anything else other than just tenant right now and uh, i'm going to let y'all watch me try and hit this par three real quick all right let's see how it goes we need him right here. He's our ringer. Uh oh. Well, that could be bad if he if he's your ringer. You guys might be in trouble. That's all. All I'm gonna say. <laughs> I say that nicely. <laughs> oh, it's looking beautiful. Back to it. Way uh, under it. But yeah, I was gonna so, say uh, that sounded a wee bit heavy. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, back to the school bus. We haven't really done any reno renovation other than tending it, and um, I think that's probably probably where we're going to leave it at the moment, but uh, it's still so much fun, dude. It's like a... It takes you back. takes you back, right? It, it, it takes you back. It makes you feel like a kid, and I think that's a lot what music does anyway. It takes you back, and so it, it just, like... It makes it all worth it, dude. It's, it's, it's the best decision I've ever made in my music career is buying that bus. I'm, I'm excited about it. Now, I was going to say, you know, going back, you you know, thinking back to kind of when you first got into music, you grew up in a musical family and going to church, and your family big big into church. I mean, how was that like? Because, I mean, you what, basically around music all your life for, for the most yep. part? Uh, who I am as a, uh, as a person, as a musician, as an artist, uh, has come from my family and come from like leading worship growing up and uh it's it's kind of a a little bittersweet to go to church now to think about like this is where I was this is where I am now and this is why I am who I am and uh my parents were both very musical people uh they led worship until I was 14 years old uh, I'm one of five kids and uh every single one of us play a mu uh, like a musical instrument or sing to some extent so it's a it almost feels like a, a genetically imposed type thing like this is what i was supposed this is what i was born to do now uh, the church aspect of it is, is a different thing but uh i won't go down that rabbit hole but it, it's like i started leading worship so early and i saw the church aspect and it, it really taught me how to be a musician uh, and to use the word performer in church, it's not necessarily correct, but uh, that's kind of where I learned how to be who I am. And then, you know, obviously growing up in, in Texas, I'm, I'm guessing that had to have a big impact on you all around. What, what, what did uh, being a lone star, growing up in the Lone Star State do for you? Man, so I think, uh, I think that had more to do with my music than anything else because it taught me how to be like prideful of where I'm from, but not, not haughty and not, not rude or, uh, condescending, but being from the Lone Star State is like a, um, I call it the Alamo culture. Uh, it's like a, no matter what, against all odds, you're always going to be a Texan. You're always going to be that person. And, uh, there, there's, there's some uh, there's some pride to it. There's some excitement to it, and uh, I think that right there is like a, the biggest driving factor behind who I am as an artist is like that Alamo culture, and it, I, I love it. It's so much fun. 
Well, you know, I mean, what what music did you grow up on? I mean, was it Texas country or was it just country in general? Or were there <laughs> artists outside of that that just influenced you and, and the music that you make today? So growing up, I was actually only exposed to Christian music. Uh, so I had to, uh, I grew up on um, guys like Toby Mac, Third Day. Uh, Mac Powell from Third Day actually was influenced by Leonard Skinner. And um, I think it's kind of funny and cool to look back at those influences and you know get that uh like insightful information but uh i would say that toby mac mac powell with third day um groups like hawk nelson these christian groups early on in my career or early on in my life that uh those guys really shaped me and then on into into the next chapter uh, when I started growing up and I got to like really choose who I wanted to listen to, it became guys like Hank Williams Jr. Uh, he had probably the most impact on who I am as an artist out of anybody. Um, and guys like Evan Felker with the Turnpike Troubadours and just that lyrical <clears throat> genius, as I like to call it, because that's what I feel like they are, really kind of... Uh, opened me up to a, uh, a a certain standard that, like, I don't want to write songs that aren't to that par, to that, I'm playing golf right now, so to that par, yeah, I don't, I don't want to write anything that's a bogey to Evan Felker, <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, it, it, it really changed some things up for me uh, early on to hear good songs and to hear stuff that it, it turned me on like not in a weird way but like it turned me on to like going oh my god I, I have the ability to write a song that people say that about and that's kind of what like my entire career is centered around it's like wanting to make people feel a certain way about a song I mean I was gonna say I mean how would you describe your your style these days I know that's kind of a weird weird question to get asked because it's, it's your own personal thing and but I, but I, you know you kind of bring a uniqueness to it all yeah, I, I really do think that my own style is something you can't really describe using other artists. And and that, that was something that when I started my career uh, doing country music, I told myself I wanted to be something that nobody could say, oh, he sounds like this. I, I don't want to be anybody else. Excuse me. I don't want to be anybody else. And I think we've accomplished that with the sonics things that we've done with the lyrics that we've done with just the overall vibes of the music. And, um, I think if I was to describe like who I am as an artist right now, it would be Joey Greer. And that's, that's always what I've wanted to do is, uh, I don't want to copy anybody not saying they haven't done it right. Not saying that they haven't changed the industry in ways that I, I would like to replicate, but it's it's cool to to sit back at the end of the day and know there's nobody in this industry that me personally I could say I fed off of you know like I I I copied or I I uh, you you are yourself you you're yourself yeah. you're true to yourself and that's kind of, I feel like that's got to be hard in in some instances because you know I mean to to break into this this thing it, it's not easy no man it's it's not but it it's the most rewarding. And um, cool, it's the coolest thing I've ever done is just to be able to 
to put out music that people want to listen to first off and second off like it's what i want to do in general like it, it's the most rewarding it's the most um uh i'm looking i'm looking for the word right now it's satisfying it's just so it's just there and i love every every second of what i get to do man uh, i was gonna say you, you got to drop your debut album at the at the start of 2020 what was that year like for you because i feel like you were set up for all sorts of things and then things that happened and everything shut down what what was that year like for you um it was very difficult uh, to a point where uh i almost gave up on my my music dreams and and who i wanted to be i almost just gave up on it because it was so difficult and putting out an album that i'd saved up for and now all of a sudden I can't tour with it. Now all of a sudden people are telling me I can't go play shows. I can't play this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Oh, well, we're only going to allow 50% capacity, but they're going to have to sit at tables. It was such a demoralizing thing. Um, it almost knocked me out and it knocked out a lot of my friends It locked and knocked out a lot of the guys that I grew up in this industry with. <clears throat> but thank God, uh, I, I had a, a, a sales job at the time, uh, that, really provided and that really changed some things up for me and we got through it well i mean i was gonna say i mean you, you got through it and and then you were still able to put out some some new music um i, I feel like the, the song that I, I think of that stands out from kind of some of those post album releases was outlaw angel um which i yeah. love How, what was that song like for you how did it come about and, and what did it kind of do for you well uh so that song it was actually the first song i ever wrote with my new producer trent Wilman. And uh, he really mentored me into that song because at first I didn't like it. I was like saying I didn't want to record it because uh, it was the first song we did. I didn't want to stop short of anything. And um, when when we nice. we sat down with Aaron Shirts uh, and it was me, Trent Woman, and Aaron Shirts, we wrote that song together. And they, as soon as we wrote it, Trent was really crazy about it. Which Trent Woman is a big name in Nashville. He's um. Cody Johnson's producer, and he's done a lot of other stuff. Wrote with, written with some of the biggest names in the town and country music in general. Uh, but when he said he liked it, I trusted him. And um, as soon as we put it out, man, it just blew up, and it's at 1.2 million streams on Spotify already. And that's been only not even five months, so it's it's pretty neat. I, I mean, you know, when when you're writing songs, co-writing songs, I mean, what. What's that like for you? What's that process like for you? Are you pulling from ideas? Are you? Are you? Uh, I've talked to some where they're like, "I say what I did, and that's kind of what I did." And if I'm in a small town, that could be weird. I mean, what? What? what how do you you go about that? And and where does that inspiration come from? Uh, most of my inspiration comes from knowing what people want to hear, and that might sound weird, uh, but I haven't lived most of the most of the songs I've written. I haven't lived. I just have these ideas. I think they're cool hooks. And then I bring them to guys like Trent Wilman, Aaron Scherz, uh, Jeremy Spillman, uh, uh, Tommy Carlos, guys that wrote on this album with me. I bring these ideas to them and uh, they expand upon them because they're brilliant songwriters. <clears throat> so a lot of times I just bring things that I know people are going to relate to and I bring them to these songwriters that are smarter than me. And it ends up being a really cool room because I give them ideas they haven't thought about and they expand upon them. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much the songwriting process for me. It's like almost faking it till you make it. Uh, but not just that. I, 
there are times that I use my personal experiences and those are normally the better songs because they're more dramatic and they're more uh, emotionally intact than other songs. But yeah, for the most part, it's just kind of, here's an idea I feel like people would like and you kind of run with it. Nothing wrong with that. And I, I like the idea of, I take it to the guys that I know, like, you, you know, you're not the smartest man in the room sometimes and you, you let them do, do some work for you and, and it turns out great. And, you know, I, I feel like nowadays, you know, you're on, you're on TikTok, you got a huge following there, social media. What, what's it like nowadays with that kind of stuff and then sharing songs that way and getting almost instant feedback? Man, it's so weird. And, and honestly, TikTok is the biggest help and the biggest hindrance in my career right now because I'll put a song out, acoustic, that I haven't recorded. And I have to be very careful about that. Because if I put a song out and people love it, now I'm obligated to go record it. <laughs> and that's that's a very difficult situation for an up-and-coming artist. Because now I'm working with a very expensive producer. And I don't mean that. I probably shouldn't say that word, expensive producer, uh, in a podcast. But uh, Trent is worth every penny. I'm not saying that, but... I can't just go record a song. I don't have the money for it. Uh, so when I put these songs out, if I'm not strategic about how I do it, it ends up being almost like a, a crowd displeaser. Uh, they get upset. They're like, when are you going to put this song out? I'm like, when I find the money for it. So it's, it's just been kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm having to pick and choose my battles. And I have some songs right now in the pipeline that would wow my audience, but it's not time to put them out. And so it's kind of like, damn, I know I, I know they would love this song, but I have to wait and I have to be patient. And patience is the biggest uh, lesson I've had to learn here in the past few months is just be patient. Just let it happen. Let it happen how it's supposed to. God's going to do this thing the way he wants. And uh, yeah, that's a TikTok and, and that social media following in a nutshell is like it's awesome. And yeah, it can, it can light a fire, but dang, it's so hard to pinpoint what that crowd wants to hear and when they want to hear it i mean i was gonna i mean say gonna say i mean being an independent guy kind of you're know, doing things a, a lot on your own i mean how how weird is that because people don't always realize that it's not like you can just go in the the studio whenever you want and, and cut things and do things i mean there you got to be like you said strategic yeah it's it's um it's a little disheartening because uh, part of you knows you'll never be able to please that audience to the point they want to be pleased. But I think also if you realize that, uh, like, not everybody's Zach Bryan. You can't go record a 36-song album and put it out and everybody love it. Not everybody's like that. And uh, especially me. I'm not like that. I can't just go do it. Uh, and, and I mean that as praise to Zach Bryan and guys like that, that that can write songs just boom, 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 and put them out, and it's a constant feedback. It's a it's a little disheartening for guys like me that are like trying to figure their way out and um, record the right songs because I'm not there yet. I'm not to that level. But yeah, it's a it's a, it's a tough tough spot, man. Well, I mean, you you have put out new music. You you have been been doing some work. I mean, your latest uh, single, "Somewhere in the Sun." What what's that one about? And and can you talk about how that one came about? Yeah, I saw. I wrote that one with Jeremy Spillman and, and uh, Trent Wilman. And uh, that when we wrote that song, I was like, man, I, I love the beach. I want, I love the water. I want to write something that that 
people can play on a boat. And so I had this riff that I started playing uh, for Trent and Jeremy, and they were like, man, love that. Let's roll with it. So we went uh, straight to it, and that song came out in like 45 minutes, man. It was just like so easy and so quick. And, and normally when songs do that, that, that means that, that that's the right way to do it. Uh, that song hasn't done what we want it to yet, but uh, hopefully we're going to be doing a, a music video here soon. And that music video will, like I said, hopefully give it that, that extra push. But uh, Somewhere in the Sun is one of my favorites on the album, actually. Um, and I, I can't wait for people to hear it in a, in a broader fashion, at least. Well, I mean, I was going to say, we're just now getting into the sunshine. I mean, here in Kentucky, where I live... We had like snow a couple of weeks ago, like and yeah. ice on the weekend, and now it's eighty eight. So you know, <laughs> you get all four. How it goes, man? <laughs> I, That's I how was it gonna goes. Ask, you know, for the for the the single cover on that, how much fun did you have in the kiddie pool and with all that? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, honestly, so me, my manager Jenna Heideman, and uh, my photographer Brooke Stevens, we were like, what do we want to do for this this uh, album cover. We don't know what we want to do. We don't. Everything we've done up to this point has been branded a certain way that we couldn't brand it similarly. So we had to kind of step outside the box. And I said, I want flamingos and I want a kitty pool. And these two girls got together and put up the perfect like vibe for that entire album cover single. Uh, and man, it was freezing cold in that water, but I had so much fun. I had so much fun. They got a disco ball in there. They spun around, and it just ended up being really cool. I mean, when you came to them with that idea, did they look at you sideways or go, okay, we can make oh, that happen? Oh, they were definitely sideways at first, but I was like, hey, I'm about to buy a short bus. Like, I want to be a little bit more, like, not so serious. I want to be uh, I want to be fun. I want to have fun with this and this this single. I want, I want to be different. And man, it encapsulated everything we wanted it to do. So I, w I was very, very proud of the ladies on that one. Yeah, I, I, I love that, and I, I love that, <laughs> that, that that cover for the song. Uh, you know, the, the, and you know, you, you're talking about it. You know, you got some more songs coming, or at least you, you've been working on things. So, you know, more music coming, singles, another album. What can you tell me that won't get you in trouble? So I can tell you actually everything we've got coming right now, uh, other than the next step because it hasn't been solidified. So the, the the steps that have been solidified, you have another seven songs coming your way in the next five to six months. Uh, so we're, what we're going to do is we're going to step those songs out single by single. Um, and the next one's going to be Good Years, which I've already announced are going to be on May 20th. Uh, so we've got about two, three weeks, two and a half weeks until uh, Good Years comes out on May 20th. I'm very excited about that song. I wrote it with my buddy Joey Hollis and Justin Adams up in Nashville. Um, but yeah, we've got some really great stuff. Uh, in fact, the first three songs that we put out, I'm kind of putting them out in order of like my favorite, uh, how, how I feel about the songs. So to me, it's just going to keep getting better and better. Uh, can't wait for you guys to hear this stuff, man. It's it's pretty pretty life-changing pretty a uh, career-changing stuff I, I i love to hear that and you know at the beginning you know, you were talking about you've been on on the road a lot you know seven straight weeks pretty much out and about and living in the short bus um, <laughs> um 
what's it like playing shows? Because it seems like you really do enjoy getting out and, and, and meeting people and, and playing and, and performing. Man, playing shows is the highlight of my career. Uh, it's what I love to do, first off. Second off, uh, getting to see people that appreciate what I do in person and uh, having people sing back lyrics that I wrote five years ago and feel those lyrics is something it's it's I can't really tell you what that means to me because there's no words the English language doesn't have them so but yeah that's what shows are like for me it's a it's the cherry on top of the career that I've created and it's I'll I'll never be able to stop doing it well I I, before I get to my 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 last question I gotta ask this I mean uh, you know clearly you, you love what you do with the music are, are you ever going to be able to hit the uh, PGA Tour, though? That's what I want to know. You're on the golf course right now. Are you ever going to hit the tour? Hey, I'm going to let Hayden answer that one. He's just been driving me around quietly. I tell you what. Joey's been solid on the golf course. It's always a good time. The PGA is about three to five out. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, I mean, hey, look, you know, so we're dropping these albums. Everything's coming in line. Um the time's going to open up. He's going to put in the time. and, and, and it's, hey, it's all about know. the time and the work. And, and, and my boy Hayden right here, he's going to be the, the, the difference in that. So, uh, yeah, the PGA is not far off, but we'll, we'll probably put that on pause for a little while. <laughs> are we talking three to five months, three to five years? What, what are we talking about here? <laughs> uh, three to five, probably, probably light years, uh, which I don't know if you're familiar with space and time, but – Three to five light years is a long freaking time. So yeah, that's probably what boy we're dealing with that. Oh, uh, I, I, you know, I love I love that answer. You know, you, I also enjoy like I was thinking back when you're talking about having fun, having the flamingos, all that. I look at your shirt. If you're watching the episode, you can see it. If you're listening, you need to. I feel like I mean, are, do you just like to stand stand out on the course? Is that your normal attire, or, wh- or what goes on there? So uh, actually, I just bought this shirt, and uh, I'm I'm pretty pumped about it. So uh, I love flamingos i love palm trees and uh this is a little mix of both because it's pink and palm tree but uh no i don't like to stand out on the course because i don't like people watching me swing i mean it's not uh, like you got a charles barkley swing i mean we we saw the golf <laughs> shot it wasn't bad no it's not a terrible swing but the problem is uh it just never ends up where i want it to end up man I, I, so i played a little college baseball uh, and that really transferred to my golf swing so I, I don't think I'm ever going to be what I want to be on this sport. So uh, we'll leave that there so I don't get frustrated with it. But, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what I, I tell my friends because I grew up playing golf. I went to college for golf, all that good stuff. There's a reason golf's a four-letter word. Just think about it like that. There's a reason golf's a four-letter word. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, dude. That is completely correct. You know, so, I mean, you know, I, I've watched the guys, like, for the longest time. I, it took me – forever i played numerous times like five days like seven days a week all summer long never had a hole in one i'm watching guys that shoot 99 100 have like 15 hole in ones in their lifetime i'm like what am i doing wrong so (laughs) don't don't you knock them 99 100s out don't knock it i would never i would (laughs) never So as as we wrap this up, you can find him at joeygreer.com and on social media. Joey, anything else folks can expect from you in 2022 that you're allowed to tell So uh, I think what you can uh, expect from Joey Greer in 2022 is uh, a lot more Spotify streams, a lot more uh, 
podcast that I, I do from my house and not from the golf course. Although this um, has been fun. This has been fun. This has been fun. Yeah, this has been fun. Don't don't let me knock it now. But also in 2022, you're going to see some things uh, take off for me. Uh, I have no doubt where I'm going to end up in this industry is going to be very, very, very much fun for not only me, but for my audience and for um, really just the, the whole country music fan base in general. Man, uh, I've got some really great songs we're about to ha- come out with. Uh, the short bus has been so much fun. It's been so much fun. I can't if wait. If you to haven't make, yet, and, you need a shirt about it. That's all I'm saying. In fact, yeah, we're actually working on a, a short bus shirt right there now. Uh, and that's kind of where I was going with it. Um, 2022 is going to be the, the year of the shows for me. Uh, this is going to be the most fun uh, and the most real shows you're going to get to see. Because at the next step, there's going to be a separation between me as an artist and my fans. It's going to be tour buses. It's going to be bigger things. And right now, what you're going to get is an intimate, real experience. And that's what 2022 is going to be. Uh, It's going to be an intimate, real, um, personal experience. And I I can't wait to see you guys out on the road. I can't wait to uh, let y'all get pictures on, on the short bus with me. Uh, and, on, and in the next step, you're going to be able to say, look, look, uh, look at this picture of us on the short bus. And uh, it, it's going to be really cool stuff, man. I'm excited. Dude, I, I, I love that. I can't wait to see what's next for you. And Joey, this was a blast. Well, man, hats off to you, Jonathan. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.